Oh, Bretto. What's up, MP? Damo just called. Yeah? He thinks there's going to be 100,000 people at the Wellness Summit. Oh, again? He thinks we're bigger than Michael Jackson, the Rolling Stones and the Beatles all put together. Damien Christoph has gone completely mad. Did you know he's made eight tonnes of forage? What? <laughs> and now he wants you and I to help him get rid of it. Oh, Damo. So, look, being the good friends that we are, we've asked him. You've been forced. Well, we've kind of twisted his arm to make him literally give his forage away to 100 lucky Wellness Summit attendees. So if you're ready to enrol for our signature two days of inspiration, education and empowerment and entertainment. What do you mean, MP? Australian Idol winner Wes Carr makes his Wellness Summit debut this year, Bretto. Wes Carr, you'll be guilty. So if you're ready to be entertained, head on over to thewellnesssummit.com and get four value bags of forage muesli or one bag each of paleo, muesli, bircher and porridge when you register. Now, all you need to do is register for this two-for-one special, bring a buddy, bring a friend, bring a family member or a colleague and then choose your forage selection, four muesli or four assorted and get four bags per attendee. That's eight bags per double pass. That's almost 250 bucks of forage for free when you register for the Wellness Summit on August 25-26 at the Collingwood Town Hall in Melbourne. That's 150 serves of breakfast. Almost six months of breakfast just for registering for the Wellness Summit. Well, it's first in best dressed. These 100 tickets are only available until June 18 or until sold out. All the details of this special offer, all the topics, featured speakers and more are over at thewellnesssummit.com. Thanks for making eight tons of forage, Damo. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Cindy O'Meara, and today's podcast is a little different. It's not so much that I'm going to be interviewing somebody, but they're interviewing me. Edwina Murphy Drummer interviewed me for a summit that she put together. It was called A League of Extraordinary Mothers How to Lay a Strong Foundation for Health and Happiness in Your Teenage Daughter. Edwina is one of my students. She, or she actually is not a student. She's a graduate and doing amazing things in the community. Her passion is teenage daughters. And so she put together this summit and she looks at anxiety and depression, you know, personal care rituals, hormones, and of course, I'm speaking on food. In the show notes, I've given you a link so that you can sign up and get access to a League of Extraordinary Mothers. The free summit has finished. Um, I wish I'd put this on before that, but I just have not had a chance with my tour. But here's a little snippet of how Edwina presents and um, how she is actually a, a part of a League of Extraordinary Mothers. Enjoy the interview. 
Hello, Edwina Murphy Dreamer is my name. Welcome to this video summit that is designed specifically to empower a league of extraordinary mothers with the skills and tools that you need to lay a strong foundation for health and happiness in your beautiful teenage girls. I put this summit together as a resource because um, I want to put the power firmly back into the hands of mothers. I want you to leave this summit with um, not needing a prescription or expert skills or magic pills. This is about real life skills that will help you bring that power back into your homes to lay that strong foundation for health and happiness. So today I am enormously excited to introduce you to one of the women who has been one of the greatest mentors in my life. Many of you will know her, Cindy O'Meara. She is a nutritionist, a filmmaker, an international speaker and TEDx talk. She's done TEDx talks. She's an educator and she's the founder of Changing Habits and the Functional Nutrition Academy. Cindy has many awards to her name, including Australian Financial Review and Westpac 100 Women of um, Influence Awards for 2016, Sunshine Coast Sustainable Businesswoman of the Year Award, Australian Organic Retailer of the Year finalist, and I could probably go on, but you get the picture. Welcome, Cindy, and thank you so much for making the time to be here. Thank you, Edwina. It's good to chat with you. <laughs> we go back a long way. <laughs> we go back a long way. So it was actually at a wellness summit back in 2000 and I think 2014 that I first heard you talking about the incredible impacts on diet um, on multiple generations of women. And I'd love you to start with talking a little bit about how, um, you know, your thoughts on that. Mm, definitely. So we do know that epigenetically and my, our microbiome and, of course, genetically, um, we pass on to future generations. So a pregnant woman who's pregnant with a female has three generations within her at one time. So she not only has herself, she has her new daughter to be born, but that daughter has the eggs of the daughter or the son that will be born in that fourth generation on. Yes. So we know um, that we have a big impact as, as a pregnant woman. But if I was, I'm just, I'm going to give you a family history because I think it's important to hear family history in order to understand the impact of women in our lives and especially our generational women. So my grandmother was um, born um, like in the early part of last century and there were, she was born in Iowa, USA, in a farming family. Uh, no chemicals were being sprayed at that point. My mother was born in 1937. In 1938, there was a spraying of arsenic of lead, so arsenic and lead, on 14 states across the US that grew wheat and corn, and that was to kill a locust plague. So for two years, to kill that locust plague, they sprayed arsenic and lead. They poisoned the land, they poisoned the people, they poisoned the groundwater, they poisoned everything. Yeah. So my mum was born into a clean, probably, environment, a clean mother, mm. but then she was sprayed with arsenic and lead and she was exposed to arsenic and lead for the first two years of her life. And then by the year 1944, 45, they sprayed DDT. Then my mom got pregnant with my sister. Mm. 
Now, my sister, um, my mum wasn't well when she was pregnant, so she used up all her fat reserves in order to survive the pregnancy. And those fat reserves would have had arsenic, heavy metals, and they would have had the neurological toxin DDT in it. My sister was born, she was always sick, she had tonsil issues, she had health issues, she never grew fast, she um, she was had digestive system issues by the age of 16 and then by the age of tw- uh, 24 she was diagnosed with the autoimmune disease Crest. Now that was back in the 80s, um, unheard of. Nobody heard of these autoimmune diseases like we hear about them today. And she passed away at 46 from esophageal cancer, which was one of the acronyms of the disease. It was esophagitis and then that formed cancer. So the impact of my grandmother, my mother and my sister have been phenomenal. I look at my brother and I, we were born in Australia. Um, So the impact of those chemicals, um, 16 months after my mum gave birth to my sister, she gave birth to me. I didn't have, I don't think I have them. I don't have the heavy metal poisoning. I don't have, you know, the neurological problems that my sister had, none of it. So we do know that there is a huge impact from mother to to daughter, to son, to, to and son, men are as, just as impacted by this as well. They have to start to clean up their act. And my belief is that if you are going to have a baby in this day and age, and it's not a mistake, it's, you know, because we all have mistakes, but if it's somebody that you're planning to have, then clean your act up first. Get clean. Yes. So that your child has the best start in life to be at the greatest potential that they can possibly be at physically and mentally. Mm. And this is where we're starting to fall down. We're, we're seeing a generation of children that are, are not doing, phys- doing very well physically or mentally because of the many generations. So I look at my children um, and they're doing very well. They're in their late 20s and they're doing very well health-wise. Yeah. Um, and, and my assumption is, is that I was clean and so I was able to pass that on. Yeah. So, yeah, this is, this is what we're learning. We're learning the importance of our, our diet. And, and, our for, and for mums now with teenage girls, it's, I'm, I know as a mum with 14 and 16-year-olds, I'm really not wanting to think just yet about them getting pregnant and having children. However, I am very aware that the way that they eat now is actually preparing their bodies um, to have healthy children. And I think that, you know, I certainly didn't really have this understanding when I had my first child, um, Oliver, who's 18 now, and I actually was smoking at that stage, even though I'd studied naturopathy, um, I was smoking and going out drinking on weekends. And the day that I found out that I was pregnant with him, I stopped. Now, um, you know, I, I think there's, there's certainly a lot of babies that come into this world that aren't planned, but having the understanding of just how much we can impact this through um, having strong diets years before we even think about um, having children, not only for our own health, but for the generation to come, just what an enormous um, uh, benefit that's going to be. I think as a mother, we have a responsibility. Mm. Um, And if you are in that situation where, you know, you become pregnant, you still have that responsibility. You change immediately. You start to eat well. You make sure your children eat well. You make sure as best as possible that it's not a cesarean section, that it is a vaginal birth, that you then breastfeed, that you do everything you possibly can. I know not everybody can do this. And I am not. Um, forsaking those people at all because there are ways that we can help them. Mm. But for the best, the most part, 
we know that um, having a clean diet while you're pregnant, um, then having your baby um, vaginally and breastfeeding, it improves their ability to have an amazing microbiome, which um, helps not only physically but mentally. It helps our immune system, gives us our vitamins and minerals, digests our food, has a direct line to the brain. So we know that this is the best way we can do it. And then anything after that is is going down the scale. But there are ways to change that. And it's, and our science, which I just love, yeah. is showing us that. And, and there are things for other talks, but, yeah. But um, I love what's happening. Yeah. And, look, I mean, many um, women listening to this are certainly going to be familiar with terms about gut health and eating fermented food because it's become so popular now. But I think that many people listening will still not really understand what the microbiome is and just what an incredibly powerful tool this is in understanding how we can, um, you know, really, really take care of our health. So perhaps talking about that for a minute would be a great benefit. Okay, so we realise that there are certain things that act on our genetics in order for us to be who we are and to have health physically and mentally. So there is a term called epigenetics, and epigenetics is anything in your environment, around you, chemicals you're exposed to or not exposed to, the sunshine, the exercise you do, um, the connections you have, the love you have, um, the skin-to-skin contact, the grounding is what we call epigenetics. And epigenetics is... It affects your genes. So your genes do not act in a vacuum. They are controlled by what you do, what you eat, what you say, what you think. Mm -hmm. So the epigenetics is the thinking part as well as your environment, let's just say. Mm -hmm. We have a a new term called nutrigenomics or genetics. And nutrigenomics is when we now realise food is not just about Um, the food that you eat to give you energy and to give you building blocks for your body, but it actually communicates with your genes. Mm. Every bite of food that you consume has a conversation with your genetics to release an enzyme or a protein in order for you to be um, human and healthy human. Mm. And then there's a new one that's come out and it's called metagenetics and it's the metabolites of the little microorganisms that live inside your body. And by the way, you are 10% genetically human and 90% genetically bugs. And they could be bacteria, viruses, protozoans, fungi, parasites. All of those things are, are a part of our, um, our microbiota, as it's called. There's a, there's a name that switches between microbiota and microbiome. I remember I was, I was, sorry to interrupt, I was fascinated to read, you know, when they did the Human Genome Project and, you know, they found out that we only have like 24,000 human genes, which is essentially the same as a nematode worm. <laughs> yeah, that was scary. <laughs> yeah. And then to find out, and then they, you know, they did the research into the microbiome and instead of 24,000 human genes, we also have like, is it between two and 20 million microbial genes? It's huge. That's what actually makes the difference between us being a nematode worm and and having all these other incredible skills and abilities. But yeah, I just thought that that was a really, um, painted a very clear picture for me of just what an enormous impact we're talking about. Oh, definitely. And they have a life and they live symbiotically with us and they help us. And without them, we'd be dead. And without us, they would be dead. Mm -hmm. So we we contribute to each other's lives. We consume the food for them to eat. Mm -hmm. Um, And if we're eating the wrong foods, you are going to kill them or you're going to 
have dysbiosis or they're not going to have nutrition. So they can, and when we have dysbiosis, you know, they talk about good bugs and bad bugs. We, we have them in us, whether they're good or bad. It just depends on the balance. Mm. So when we hear that the balance has swayed, as we call dysbiosis, mm. then we find what happens is that children become picky little eaters. Yeah. They want white things all the time because there's a dysbiosis and those bugs are saying, hey, I want white sugar, white bread, white everything. And we find children with ADD and ADHD and autism, OCD, become very white-driven with their food choices. Yeah. Adults are the same, by the way. We are, we are at the, you know, basically at the hands of the bugs yeah. that are telling us what to eat. Yeah. So when the, there's a nice balance there, then the food that we are given, we will eat just about everything that we're given from the meat and the vegetables and we'll want to eat well and the choices will be far better than somebody who is in dysbiosis. Yeah. So these things also make our... Uh, um, they make so many things for us, but one of the things they, they do make for us is they make a thing called charismate. And charismate is the beginning of um, a pathway called the shikimate pathway. Mm-hmm. And in that pathway, we get folic acid from the bugs. We get three amino acids. We get tryptophan, phenylalanine, and tyrosine. Now, these are the precursors to serotonin, dopamine, and noradrenaline. Mm-hmm. Now, what are they? They are the hormones that communicate in your brain and nervous system. And without them, we can't make them. Mm-hmm. So thus we have anxiety, depression, panic attacks, OCD, ADD, ADHD, perhaps even autism is in, in that whole scale. So they do that. They, they create a thing called enterobactin, which takes iron and um, is a transporter for iron. Now, a lot of people have iron deficiencies now, and all we're doing is giving iron and not thinking about this pathway. Yeah. It also produces coenzyme Q, um, Q the precursor for coenzyme Q, yeah. um, 10. And, and so it is these things make vitamin K, they make our B vitamins, they, they make short-chain fatty acids, um, they help protect our skin, our um, gut lining. They're, they are so important to us. Mm. And we nurture them with the food that we consume and we nurture our brain and our physical body. And the, you know, the innumerable um, things that we put on our hair or in our personal care routines, what we clean our houses with, all these things have a big impact. You know, I was watching a child yesterday who was um, putting that liquid sanitizer on his hands and it just has become such a norm. You know, we've grown up in this antibacterial everything era and turning our heads around and completely switching on that is going to be a big thing for many mums. I know that um, my girls have come back from eating at friends' houses where they actually spray um, like an antibacterial, like a Dettol on the plates before they serve food. And with the greatest of intentions to put oh, yeah. families because that's what they believe they are doing. But with this understanding now, we know just how detrimental and crazy that is. You know, um, I read an article over the weekend, actually, and they said we are looking at the extinction of a species if we don't mend our ways from these antibacterials, antibiotics, the glyphosate that's sprayed on our grains and our seeds and our um, legumes, which we know is an patented as an antibiotic, and it's sprayed three weeks before harvest. So if we don't mend our ways and stop this eradication of all bugs yeah. um, and this obsession 
that of this cleanliness that we're having and not being letting our children go play in the mud and do the things that we know helps our microbiome. Yeah. Um, we are going to have an extinction of the microbiome and without that we cannot live. We have no immune system. We don't have the nutrients that we need. We can't um, affect our genes, you know. Like I said, it's a, a, it's a new science of meta. It's the the met- metabolism of the bugs that signal to the genes what to do. Yep. It's it's a new like you know, I keep hearing all these brand new sciences that are coming out. And I'm, you know, they weren't around when I studied thirty seven years ago. Um, oh, and even you know, I did naturopathy back in. Uh, um, 1998 I graduated and then when I went on and studied through your Functional Nutrition Academy, which we'll talk about a bit later, but I just learnt another whole world of information that we never even touched on um, when I did naturopathy. So this information is changing so quickly. But I think that, you know, for many mums that might be listening and tuning into this, the science is not something that... um, that they're familiar with and some of the terms might be a little bit overwhelming and I think one of the one of the um, most eye-opening books that I ever read was um, Death by Food Pyramid I'm sure you know it yes I think it was oh I've read it um I want to say Deanna Minchin but it's not she didn't write it Denise Denise Minga yeah Denise Minga amazing amazing book and you know for people that are interested in this I you know I just highly recommend that you put that on your reading list but she in essence talks about how the food pyramid came about and what was actually recommended by the this team of nutritionists that traveled the globe getting the best information is something very very different to what was actually published and what has been taught you know right up until very very recently they changed the pyramid that we all learned in school and my kids were still being taught in school up until a couple of years ago and now it's a plate which is a little bit better but we've still got some room for improvement (laughs) but I think Cindy you know I think one of the reasons why um, I have followed you for so many years and just everything that you teach resonates with me so closely is that you've never touched on fads everything that you've taught and everything that you talk about has has the philosophy hasn't changed And even though, you know, we go through these great, you know, waves of being vegetarian or vegan or whether it's, you know, some sort of multi-level marketing product that is going to be the magic thing that will turn our health around or the lemon detox or whatever, you know, there's always another fad. Mm. But eating real food in the right quantities is is the key and I'd love you to help mums get a, you know, walk away from this interview with a picture of actually how you put a meal together what are the things that we need to look for in putting a meal together to ensure that we're getting that nutrition into ourselves every day yeah I think what I'd like to say is that um, science is only catching up with what the body has known all along and what's exciting is that I've always had um, a philosophy of vitalism which is whole foods So everything in its whole food. I don't look at a food for its saturated fat, its carbohydrates. I don't care about them. I want to see that that is a food that our evolutionary body has been eating for a long time. So it's based on vitalism and it's based on evolution, everything that I do. And then what I see 
a science article come out that proves that this is what we should be doing, I get very excited. But I know that the body knows. It has an innate intelligence. So when I put a meal together, it's all based on single ingredients. And um, and let's just go to the grocery store. So we'll go to the grocery store and we're too tired to eat or to make food. So we go and pick up a healthy choice or a lean cuisine. And when you flip it over, most people look at the nutritional label. They look at the carbohydrates, the fats. That's called nutritionism. We don't do that. Yeah. So what I do is I read the ingredients. And if I, that, those ingredients are in my pantry and I understand those ingredients and they're not things like calcium carbonate or um, yeast extracts or um, natural flavour or something like that, um, then I'll consider it. But I've gotten to the point now where I know those manufacturers are lying. They're becoming very, very good at tricking us into believing a food is real. So I'm a farmer's market girl. I get my produce from my local area. Um, I do buy in, of course, um, can't get salt from my local area, although if I went to the ocean I probably could try it if I wanted to, but I, I don't, you know. So any of the foods that I can't get from my local area in my pantry or my other local foods are my like my greens and my um, root vegetables and my meats and my dairy and eggs and all of that I get from my local area. So if I'm whipping up a breakfast, like so this morning, what did I have for breakfast? Um, was that terrible? I can't even remember. I remember yesterday's because um, I was up my farm. So I have a farm and I went out and collected the eggs and I collected my Warrigal Greens, which is a, a, nat- a natural um, spinach. So let's just say you've got spinach and eggs in the fridge. So I um, put some butter down and put some garlic and some onion and some spinach and I wilted the spinach. Then I put some fresh tomato in there and then threw the eggs on top and just cooked it and then threw it under the grill um, and made up a salad and basically had an omelette and salad for breakfast. Um, this morning, this morning, I kind of, oh, this morning I, I, was, I was in such a hurry that I had a bulletproof coffee. Nice. So this is when I'm in a real hurry. So I'll have a coffee and I'll have my coconut oil and butter and that's that's my bulletproof coffee, so it's high in fat, yeah. um, and it's it's, it's what's the word sates me. Um, it's my satiety, you know. And um, what is it now? It's now two o'clock in the afternoon that we're doing this interview. Yeah. I'm not even thinking about food at the moment. It just blows me away. So my thing is not how much I can eat and I won't have to put on weight. You know, everyone goes, oh, I can only have sixteen hundred calories, and then I put on weight. Yeah. Mine isn't that. How little can I consume and be at the best that I can possibly be? Yeah. So I can have that coffee with butter and coconut. Mm. I am um, I'm really good at switching my fuel. So I switch from sugar burning to fat burning very, very quickly. And that's a whole new conversation. Yeah. So then I may have a snack um, at around two or three. When we get off this call, I might feel like a snack. I may not. Who knows? But then when I get home, I'll have dinner. And I usually have dinner fairly early. And that will be fish, salad and veggie, meat, salad and veggies, Mm. chicken, salad and veggies. (laughs) That's it. How easy is that? There's no effort in it. You know, it's the, the food's in the fridge. It's all in single ingredients takes me minutes to make it up. I did it with my family and my kids all the time. Yeah. Um, I couldn't get away with a bulletproof with my kids, i got to tell you that. So I was a little bit more regimented when my kids were in their teenage years, my girls, 
and my son, you know, I made sure they went to school every single day and they have had a protein for breakfast. Um, And then for lunch, I would pack their lunches and their lunches were usually dips and snacks and eggs, boiled eggs or leftovers from the night before. So it's horses for courses. Yeah. But I'm in my late, I'm getting to my late 50s and Um, this is what works for my body now. And it is eating through the generations. What does your teenage need versus what do you need versus what does your husband need or your wife need or whatever family member is in there? You have to look at what they need. But it is in the end exactly the same. It has to be a food that our evolutionary body knows how to communicate with. It doesn't know how to communicate with flavours and colours and fillers and stabilisers and binders and it cannot, it doesn't know how to do that because it's never done it in the million years of our evolution. It has never, ever done it. And if you're feeding your family that or you're feeding yourself that, then you are doing a disservice to your health and your family's health. Mm. Um, And in the end, it's about educating yourself. having the knowledge what these things are doing to your body. Mm -hmm. Do you know there was a study that's just come out of France and it's on um, ultra-processed foods. So ultra-processed foods are lean cuisines, healthy choice, breakfast cereals, low-fat milks, Vegemite, you know, whatever you want to throw out there. That's an ultra-processed food. They now realise that it not only causes weight gain and metabolic disease and all those issues, but it causes cancer. The latest research is it's causing cancer. Yeah. So get off. Get off the packaged foods, stop going to the grocery store, find out who your farmers are in your local area, go to your farmer's markets. They're everywhere. They're popping up everywhere. Get um, what I call faucet foods, foods that are organic, sustainable, ethical and trusted. (laughs) They're my foods. That's, you know, I have a a company called Changing Habits and it was started with a book called Changing Habits, Changing Lives. And, And people would always say, oh, you talk about these foods, Cindy, but we don't know how to get them. So we decided as a company to get the foods in that we talk about in that book so that people can trust us because if it's in my pantry, you know that I've done the research and that I know it's a good food. And if it's not a good food, it's off the list. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one of the takeaways from hearing you speak many times is talking about superfoods and how people love to leap onto the latest superfood, but in actual fact, a superfood, the most powerful superfoods are the ones that you grow in your own backyard. Um, and that's, yeah, that's been something that's really stuck with me. Yeah, it is. It, because it's picked and you have all of these nutrients that disappear and, and they're called phytonutrients yeah. and they disappear within six hours of picking. So you go out into your garden like I did yesterday for breakfast, you know, and I, um, I picked my warrigal greens, I picked my rosemary, I had um, oregano there, I had some marjoram parsley and all my lettuces, um, tomatoes, um, I had a cucumber in there. I just picked that and then I put it on my plate and I got the eggs from the chickens, you know, and those chickens run wild and they eat organic foods and um, we sprout their grains for them. Yeah. (laughs) I also sprout my chicken. Um, And and people will be going, oh, well, that's all very well and good for you, Cindy. But Go to your farmers markets. You're going to find somebody who's passionate like me, who's doing the work for you, and you just purchase from them. But you talk to them, and you find out that they are doing the right thing by you. So I've I've done the opposite to you, Cindy. So I've been in the country all my life until about 12 months ago when we moved into the suburbs. I'm now a suburban chick, <laughs> and um, we've got a tiny little block here, but I've managed to squeeze in 15 
fruit trees because I've espaliered them. And um, I've got my little, you know, veggie gardens that run outside the doors so that when I, you know, am cooking, I can go and grab some parsley or whatever is um, on offer at the moment. And, you know, that it, there's, there's, there is a way. But we've mm. also got terrific farmers markets here and I've got a wonderful um, biodynamic farm that I've been buying my fruit and veg fruit and vegetables from for about seven years they just deliver it to the house and it might sound very extravagant but really when they um are rude enough to take a break <laughs> and I have to go shopping elsewhere it doesn't it doesn't cost me any more to um, get that fruit and veg and the quality is you know you just can't compare so it is, you know, it, there is ways to do it. And there's all sorts of community groups that buy things in bulk and, you know, there's, there's lots of ways to do it. But it's just a matter of starting the conversation and finding the like-minded people in the community to make it happen. It's about finding a leader in the community and, and Edwina, you're a leader in your community because people know that they can come to you and say, hey, I don't know where to get my meat. Where do I buy this? How do I know that there's no glyphosate sprayed on that? You know, um, who's the best chiropractor that I can find? Uh, you know, and I know that you have that at your fingertips. Mm. And we need the women like you in every community that can do this. Yep. Because when I, my cousin, she came to see me, I hadn't seen her in quite a long time. She came to see me, she was looking really pudgy. And, and I said to her, you know, all you have to do is, is do this. You know, I told her what she needed to do. And she said the hardest thing was sourcing the foods. Yeah. Now that she's got it down pat, she's now the leader in her community. It's just a small community in New Zealand. But she now starts to tell people, oh, you just buy that there and that there and that there and that there or get it ordered in from this place or this place. And, um, and this, is, this empowers women um, and men, if they're the, the sole carers of their children, this empowers them to make their life easy so they can feed their teenage girls, because this is what we're talking about, our teenage girls, more than boys, are we? Are we talking both teenage? Look, really this summit is focusing on teenage girls and it's just because I've become just so aware of this crazy escalation in physical and mental ill health. And what you know, one of the things that we haven't quite touched on yet is that connection between the gut and diet and mental health because there's, there's a big disconnect there. People don't really understand. And I know that um, there's girls in my community and certainly girls everywhere across um, the Western world now that have got such bad anxiety. They're barely able to leave their rooms, let alone their homes. And I talk to the wellness leaders at the schools where my kids are and these kids aren't even able to come to school because their anxiety is so bad. And we seem to have this programming where we look um, immediately to medicate these girls with anti-anxiety drugs and antidepressants. And one of the things that I found unbelievably alarming is there actually are no drugs for anti-anxiety and antidepressants that have been proven safe for children, for anybody under 18. And yet we have got, um, uh, you know, the, the numbers have gone out of my head, but it, it just blows my mind. It's enormous. Well, they are actually giving these drugs to one-year-olds. Yeah. You know, so how can you say that a one-year-old is anxious or, um, you know, there are problems with them? But obviously, you know, they don't have biochemical markers. It's all 
well, this is what this kid's doing and this is why they need to go on it. And our young girls, you know, um, are on these medications. Mm. But you know what's really exciting, and you're going to love this, is IBS, so irritable bowel disease, and functional bowel disease have now been renamed. And they're renamed as disorders of the gut-brain connection or interaction. Then they're realising that what is affected in our gut is affecting our brain. And we know that if we get the microbiome right and we start feeding it right and we start feeding our body the right foods, Mm -hmm. that the brain starts to look after ourselves. And I'm a GAPS practitioner, gut and psychology syndrome practitioner. Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride um, is the the mother of, of this whole movement. She's been talking about it for 25 years. Her book came out probably 17 years ago and it was all about that you get that gut right because um you you get the gut right you get the brain right and and we and you can ask most mothers that um have children that have problems may have constipation or diarrhea or um you know they get bloated tummies or they're not eating even if they're not eating the right food and they have anxiety you know changing their food will actually change their anxiety, their depression, their OCD, their panic attacks. Yeah. We know this now. This is not, you know, something pie in the sky stuff. No. This is absolute science. The fact that they've renamed IBS and functional bowel disease as, you know, disorders of the gut-brain interaction yeah. tells me that they're on board. I and if go, anybody... I tell you that I had a... Sorry to interrupt, Cindy, but... No, 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 that's fine. Yeah. I could go on. You know me. <laughs> Well, we both could. <laughs> I had a girlfriend who um, ended up in hospital um, and was diagnosed with diverticulitis. And um, she said to her doctor, who apparently was an intern, you know, what, you know, maybe I should be looking at my diet, or she re- made some reference to she'd she be changing what she's eating. And this um, intern said to her, I only deal in science, and there's no proof that um, food will have any effect on this. And so the information is out there, but they're not learning it at medical school. And it's not, a, it's not a criticism of this intern. It's just simply what she's been taught. But my, my message is do your research. If you type in microbiome, if you type in epigenetics, if you type in any of these things, watch there's TED Talks and there's just so much information online. Oh, there is. Yeah. I think as mothers... Um, as parents, that we have to become educated enough that we are not going to be hoodwinkled into these overzealous pharmaceutical companies that are producing a drug for every condition under the sun from mental to physical. And then, um, you know, to me, um, our medical um, fraternity is about Let's diagnose a problem and we'll treat it with a drug. They're not even looking at food. But there's this growing number of doctors um, that are saying, hey, what I'm noticing is if we do that, then this will happen, you know. And I listen to a summit probably, you know, it's funny you're doing this summit because I probably listen to a summit every day. There's always one going on about something. and, And at the moment I'm listening to this summit and I'm really being introduced to some amazing medical doctors that started to question the status quo that they were taught and decided to change completely. Mm. Um, And some of them probably 15 to 20 years ago made the changes but were poo-pooed by their community and by their peers and so they kept it very quiet. But now it's growing uh, and more and more people are thinking about it and nutrition is 
the number one growing field and it should be. It should be the first port of call. Um, Not if there's an emergency, of course, we do something different. But we should be looking at nutrition first and lifestyle. Epigenetics, nutrigenomics and metagenomics are the three new sciences that to me, we need to look at to start healing our girls, mm. our daughters, our young ones, you know, our young, beautiful um, girls that are so vulnerable. And they're so vulnerable because um, there's a lot of bullying online, there's a lot of bullying in the schoolyard, and unless they have their confidence and who they are as human beings, then they are going to become targets mm. um, to these bullies. And these bullies are just as scared, you know, like a, a bully is only doing it because... You know, they're in a situation where they don't have love for themselves. So they don't, and when you are mentally and physically healthy, yep. your thoughts change. Mm-hmm. It, it is, we know they change. Get a child out into nature and they'll start thinking good thoughts. Mm-hmm. Put them in front of a blue screen and in front of social media and it causes all sorts of, of issues. And, and that's another thing, blue screens. Epigenetics is blue screens. Yep. It's affecting um, our circadian rhythms. It affects our melatonin and serotonin balances. Melatonin is an antioxidant, the most powerful hormonal antioxidant we have that we must have at night. And if you are not um, using that time, um, what the brain does, it, it cleans itself when you're in REM sleep and it just completely washes over your brain with the help of melatonin and sleep and it detoxifies the brain. Mm. And Dr. Natasha Campbell-McBride says that our fits and our, our anger and our, um, our mood swings and even um, our people that have seizures is a result of the brain not cleaning itself. Yeah. What would you say about, I know that there's a lot of, um, young girls now that are actually being prescribed melatonin to help them sleep. And this rings big alarm bells for me. Mm. What, you know, have you got thoughts on that? Well, I don't know how the melatonin is being made. So that's one of the things that I'm always a little bit worried about is that um, they used to prescribe tryptophan and then uh, tryptophan was being made by genetically modified um, fungi I think or bacteria or mold I can't remember what it was and it was in Japan they were doing it and this mold happened to make a toxin um, and it ended up killing 100 people Um, so I don't know where melatonin is coming from I don't trust many supplements and and there's a really good reason for that because they're changing what supplements are so do I do I like melatonin True, the protocols have gotten better to clean out the toxin that these bugs might be making. But am I prepared to take that chance or am I more prepared to do what the body needs in order to sleep? And that is to look at your epigenetics, nutrigenomics and metagenomics. And that is looking at the microbiome, the food that you're consuming and what your evolutionary body needs. It needs sleep. Yeah, it needs sunlight. Yeah. It needs darkness. It needs connection. It needs love. It needs there. It needs good food. This, like I can repeat myself over and over and over again. Yeah. But if you do not do what your body needs, you will be sick. Mm. And you have to look at what the it's, it's an old body. It's not a new body. And I'm not saying my old body at 58. You know, I'm talking about um, the evolution of our body. Yeah. The millions of years 
that we have lived on this planet mm. and lived within the circadian rhythms of the planet um, and everything that there is about this planet. And so what I do to stay healthy is, is that I mimic that yep. in the modern world. I live in a modern world. I'm not, don't worry, I'm not the hunter-gatherer out there, you know, sleeping on the, on the trees and, you know, I mimic it. So I ground every day. I make sure I get to bed early. I don't leave my Wi-Fi on around me. My blue light changes to yellow light if I have to work. And this is for these young girls. They need to start putting flux on their computers and putting their um, com- their phones, you know, their, their phones should be um, have a yellow light over it. If they're going to be on them later than, say, 8 o'clock at night or when the sun goes down, get outside into the sunshine. Connect with friends. Don't just be on social media, eat foods that our evolutionary body needs, drink clean water, stop eating, drinking water that's got chlorine and fluoride in it. Um, oh, what else? is this? just, you know, there's just so much. But it's not hard. It's just living. It's lifestyle. And I think it is tackling one bit at a time and it's sort of trying to work out how to do that. And I know when I'm speaking to other mums that are feeling overwhelmed with this, I sort of, I, my my passion is to bring everything back at home. There's not much we can do. You know, my 14 and 16-year-olds have grown up eating the way that we're talking about and they know all this stuff. But as soon as they're going to parties and now that we live in town, they walk past a supermarket every time they go to and from school and they're doing that with friends and there's all sorts of things that happen outside of home that I know that I don't agree with. But I am happy with the fact that I know that what goes on in in our home and what goes into their bodies 90% of the time is all the right stuff. And then that's, that's why we keep talking about this foundation. It's creating this foundation of knowledge about how to eat, how to put a plate together, how to, um, you know, what to use on our skin and wash our hair with. And, you know, my girls roll their eyes and they're sort of embarrassed to talk to their friends about their crazy nutty mother um, and the friends now just you know think that I'm the nutty one and that's you know that's absolutely fine but what I do know is that when they leave home when they launch themselves into life beyond my nest here they have the knowledge they have the skills and the grounding and that foundation to come back to that when they're going you know they know that they've eaten too much rubbishy food they know what it feels like to feel really healthy and they know how to go back to that place. And that's, as mums, I think that's the biggest gift we can give them. And, you know, I've got that next generation, so I've got the 20-year-olds, mm. and they said exactly the same thing as your girls would say, oh, that nutty mother, you know, my, my mother won't let me do that, and no, no, I'm not allowed to eat that, but they would go and eat it anyway. <laughs> yeah. But they're now in their 20s, yeah. and, and they go, thank goodness, mum, thank you so much so they will thank you Edwina I promise you and it's about doing it in the home because when they go to a party you can't change that and you've given them the most amazing solid base and they will come back yep they may stray but you gave them the best start in life with the way you brought them up and and what you do in your home they will continue But if they're not given that base and that start Mm -hmm. and they've got to learn it themselves and they've got to learn it because they've had a child that is now autistic Mm -hmm. or got ADD or got allergies or food sensitivities or asthma or ear infections and are on antibiotics all the time, Mm -hmm. that's really sad. They don't know what to do. They're at the, the mercy of 
our, our um, very, very mechanistic medical fraternity, which is take this drug, put this antibiotic and take Bongello, do that, you know. And, and yeah. we need to educate our, our girls and that, like you're doing. And it's, yeah. um, to me, it's perfect. Yeah. You're doing exactly the best you can. <laughs> So as I said, the beginning of this whole, um, of this interview was, it's about empowering mums with um, skills where they don't require a prescription or expert skills or magic pills. It's about bringing it all back to those basics. And, you know, I, um, whilst I went and studied naturopathy, I had a long break from that when I became a single mum with four little kids and I wasn't able to go out to work and so I wasn't working as a naturopath and then after a few years I wanted to get those skills back and that's when I was so so excited I can still remember when you announced that you were doing the Functional Nutrition Academy and um, I was one of the inaugural of students that went through that group and I just wanted to bring it up because you know we've introduced a whole lot of um, different scientific terms and all sorts of things that probably sound a bit overwhelming to lots of mums out there but I know that um, if you are really interested in learning these skills and going back to learn these basics which you can then pass on to your daughters and and keep this cycle of wellness going um, the functional nutrition academy which is a one-year course so i think you can do it over two years is such a great foundation of knowledge so cindy if you want to tell people about that just for a minute yeah, so the Functional Nutrition Academy, uh, we're a registered training organisation uh, and we um, have actually split the, from the original one that you did, we've actually split that into two now. So we have um, basically the, the basics of nutrition um, where you start to learn just about um, well, what is a, what are the foods and that we our evolutionary past, um, our vitalistic philosophy. So you learn philosophies and... Um, that's in the first part. And then the second is applied. Yes. So we, you then apply that to it. But it gives somebody a, an opportunity to just fill the waters if they want to. We also have an introduction to um, to nutrition um, that is not as involved, um, but it will help people just start in their own home. Yeah. Um, and there are many other things that we're offering. We are offering a microbiome course, a nutrigenomics course, the epigenetics course. So there are other things on offer. Um, but... To me, the, to learn the basics and understand that and be empowered is probably the most important thing. And education, to me, will give you the power, but um, and that's our knowledge, will give us power, but you have to act on it. So as you're learning, um, you, you actually start to learn and you go, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that. And then you actually go into your pantry and start to realise that perhaps what you're doing is not the best thing or you're doing the right thing you know it could, it could go both ways you it might empower you that you are doing the right thing or it might empower you to make some changes yeah. so that's the functional nutrition academy um and we we try to and I, I must tell um your people this we we try to um become accredited um and w the, everybody said yes everything's fine you know we went through the regulatory bodies and everything and um to become accredited here in australia is a big deal everything was fine and they were they would say you only have one more step just one more step and then we will give you accreditation and i said well what's that one more step and they said well the daa have to and the daa are the dietetics association of australia they have to approve your course i, I, I love your look <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> you did the same thing as me. What? Yeah. There we go. I'm the opposite. 
to what the DAA is saying. The DAA is saying low fat. They're happy to just look at calories and I don't. I'm the exact opposite and I always have been. I was I studied as a dietitian. I know what they're teaching. Yeah. And I didn't want to teach that. That's not us. So anyway, we are an RTO and we're there for you if you would like to learn something very different than what's being taught in our schools and our institutions. You will absolutely puke at hospital food after you (laughs) and what they're feeding our elderly. You know, $6 a day per person in our, you know, for our retired people. That's just... I think the the simplest way that I look at it is... We are seeing people get sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker. So if we keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, then it's not going to change. So something's wrong. The information is wrong somewhere and that's for people to make their own decisions. But, um, yeah, anyway. And it's all very well and good to have a, a lifespan that's longer than, you know, everyone says, yeah, but we're living longer. Well, sorry, I want a health span. Yeah, exactly. We might be living longer, we're living sicker. We have our elderly have either got inflamed bodies or inflamed brains. So they're either physically disabled or they're mentally disabled in some way. Yeah. So let's go for health span. That's my aim is to have the longest health span. Yep, that's our aim is, is to have the longest health span and that's for my kids and that's for anybody who wants to listen to me. We're going for health span, not lifespan. Let's do that. I'm just heartbroken, but we really are, I said 45 minutes for these interviews. We could talk for days, I know, I know. But look, you have been very generous in offering a free gift for the people subscribed to this to opt into. Do you want to just quickly tell people what that is? Yeah. So we talked about two things during this conversation. One of the things I talked about was how to read a food label. So forget the nutritional label, let's look at the ingredients. So I actually go through the nitty gritty of the food industry and how they're tricking you. Like rosemary extract, you think that's natural? No, you'll learn all that. So um, you'll learn about food labeling uh, labels and how to read them and you'll be surprised. You think it's only something quick and easy, but you'll be surprised what they do. And the other thing we talked about was supplements. So we did touch on tryptophan and melatonin, but there's a whole range of supplements out there. So I've given you a report on supplements as well. So two things that I just touched on, if people want to know more, they can get that in, in these reports that I've written. Fantastic. That's very generous. Thank you, Cindy. So as we wrap up, is there anything on your heart that you feel like we could have addressed or that you would like to share before we, uh, before we wind this up? No, I, you know what? I think I have said everything. And I think probably the most important thing is that I am a mum. I'm a mum of three children and a stepchild, so four. Um, I, um, it's worth it. I look at my, my children now and they're, they're amazing adults who live the life that I have taught them um, and they're teaching other people. They've become this amazing tsunami of change in their own peers and it's, it's, it's worth it even though you want to kill them at times. It's worth it, <laughs> especially when they're teenagers. <laughs> um, yeah, but put the effort in, you will reap the results. That's perfect. That's a perfect way to finish. Thank you so much, Cindy. It's um, just been awesome to have this time with you and, yeah, I look forward to catching up with you very soon. All right. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview that Edwina Murphy-Drumer did with me. She is an extraordinary mother. Um, She's also a mother of four, which I didn't mention. Um, I've actually known Edwina for a long time 
Uh, we have connections that go back to our Gumbauer days in Victoria, which is another long story. Uh, but Edwina is doing amazing things as a graduate of the Functional Nutrition Academy. I have left in the show notes a link to a League of Extraordinary Mothers. So if you want to learn more, just go to that link. Until next week, um, go to our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat and leave us a comment, leave any comments for Edwina and um, we look forward to seeing you next week on Up for a Chat. This year, the Wellness Summit returns. The only lesson is ever going to be your learning. That's it. As long as you're learning, that's your lesson. When you stand in front of the mirror, the talk, the things that go on between these ears in the morning can also be what sets you up for a day. And if you've beaten yourself up for not being the most extraordinary person that you can be, then start now. We make it hard for ourselves. We make things difficult for ourselves because we go and apply a whole bunch of stories and a whole bunch of drama and a whole bunch of I'm not good enough to the things that occur in our lives. Wake the heck up. Today is a new day. And here's where it can change. Kim Morrison and Karen Smith feature at the 2018 Wellness Summit. Bigger and better than ever. Tickets on sale Friday, May 4 at thewellnesssummit.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.